Praise God. Does anybody need the uh, the paper lesson? Anybody not have? Do you need one? Okay. Brother Wayne, if you could make sure those that don't have one have one, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I felt like I was under attack this week. I don't know if it was the bed I slept in at my son and daughter-in-law's house or what, but I'm, my back's been having a rough time all week. I almost thought, man, maybe I'm under attack from the enemy because I never have a problem with my back. So, amen. That could be it. So, But God knows, amen, he's faithful in the midst of it. Praise God. So we're talking about walking the talk. Amen? If you're going to talk the talk, you better be able to walk the walk. If you can talk a good game, but you can't walk, if you can't follow up with what you're saying, you can do. If you're just blowing hot air, people are eventually going to go, yeah, he... He talks a good talk. He, he he talks a good game, but he can't play a good game. Amen. So, amen. I don't I don't know exactly if that's where Brother Parker was going with this, but that's when I see that, that's just kind of what I think about in my mind. And and there for a long time in my my religious background that in a, that I grew up in, I, I talked a good talk for a long time. But I couldn't walk the walk, but I could talk a good talk. I could sound like I was a Christian. I could say the right things and and even do some of the right things. And, and some people even feel like they can, if they wear the right things, that they can look religious and they can look the part, look like they're fulfilling the role. But what did Jesus say about the scribes and the Pharisees? Inside they were like whited sepulchers. They were like dead men's bones. They were like the inside of a casket. They were they were they were dead and empty on the inside, but they looked real good on the outside. They had all the right clothes on, the right flowing clothes, and everything was the right length and everything was the right color, but they were dead on the inside. Hypocrites, he called them. What's a hypocrite? Well, to me it's uh the best definition in my mind is is uh, some you can think of any Hollywood celebrity, right? George Clooney or whoever, and they go out on the, on the stage or they get in a movie and they play a certain part and it's not who they really are, but it's the part they're playing, it's the the role that they're playing. So they they study a script and they become somebody else. So they're pretending to be somebody they're not. That's what acting really is, pretending to be somebody you're not. So that, to me, is what the good definition of a hypocrite. So we don't want to be that. We want to be able to have the walk and be able to talk the talk. Amen? There's nothing like the testimony that we have because it's proof to somebody else that not we're not just talking the talk but we've been there we've done that we've lived this thing 
in our life. We have struggled. We have gone through things, and God has been faithful. Those kind of testimonies are the testimonies that people, they might be able to think what they want, but they can't argue with, a, with the facts of a testimony. That really happened in my life. I really woke up on the ground in that church on the floor speaking in tongues at 20 or 21 years old. I, I might not have lived that way, and I might have gone back out in the world for nine years, but I'll never be able to deny that that happened because I heard it with my own ears coming out of my own mouth. Amen. And I know when I came out of that water in Jesus' name, there was something different. I'll never forget that day. It's Right now, if I close my eyes, it's as if I'm standing in that water in the East China Sea right now. And that man of God has taken me down in Jesus' name. And I can still hear him saying, how do you feel? And all I can remember saying to him is, I just feel different. And in my mind, I was thinking, there is something to this. It's not just a matter of getting wet. It's all about whose name you call. And so from that day to this day, there's been a difference. Amen. And so I've been able to talk, the talk, but I've been able to walk the walk. Amen. And so that's what we've got to do. And so um, I think Brother Parker left off uh, in the area where it says the five key principles of walking the talk. And I'm going to kind of pick it up there. If he's already been there, we're just going to consider it to be a rehash of, of the same information. And then we'll go from there. So let's see if I can make this thing work. I don't know which button to push. Oh, hallelujah. If once you hit play on that PowerPoint, if you click anything else, it deactivates it. So go ahead and forward it since I can't get this thing to work. Well, we'll just go on. Bless God, I need a block of instruction and some training on how to use this thing. <laughs> it's probably simpler than I'm probably making it out to be, but oh well. Praise God. So we're number one there says words to live by are just words. I kind of already said that pretty much. Words to live by are just words unless you actually live by them. That's kind of elementary, isn't it? The, the Word of God is just a bunch of ink on paper, really. That's all it really is. It's just a bunch of ink on paper in between some bindings. Unless you read this, and then if you, even if you read it, if you don't apply it, it's not going to do you any good. You're just reading, might as well be reading a novel. But when you take this, just like when you have that, poison ivy on your skin and you take that calamine lotion or whatever element you have you take that medication that doctor gave you and you apply it to the to the the need of what the medication is for and you see some change taking place on that poison ivy and it starts drying up and going away and you say aha if i keep applying the calamine the poison ivy will eventually disappear or poison oak or whatever it is so this word is the same way you know, the book of Proverbs, I was reading in Proverbs this morning, it's a book of 
wisdom. Amen. Some people say it's a book of promises, but really it's not. It's a book of wisdom, of things that we can use to apply to our life. And that's the whole point of the book of Proverbs is to give us some sound instruction to live by so that we can take that stuff and apply it to our life and use it every day. But that's the point. You've got to use it every day. You've got to apply it every day. Amen. So it says there, I believe that we could change the world tomorrow if those who say that they are born again would live and act like it. We are kings and priests. We are his children. We are the, the bride of Christ. He did set us apart. We are the ones that have this truth in earthen vessels. Amen? And there's, it's not a haughty kind of a pride, but we need to have a certain level of pride in who we are as the king's kids. And we need to have a certain level of boldness and pride in what we have. Amen? We might not be able to preach like Lee Stone King, but we have enough of this truth in us and enough in our testimony and enough of God's Spirit that as we begin to speak to somebody and just share our testimony, you know it's amazing that the Word will start flowing out of you if you put it in there. Amen. The more That's why it's important. That's why Brother Parker emphasizes that. The more of it you put in there and the more you hide in your heart, the more that He can operate from and flow out of. Because that scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not just one river, but rivers. And I believe those rivers represent not just speaking in tongues, but all of the things that we need to operate and function as apostolics to take this gospel to the next person. That's how it it got passed in the New Testament. Word of mouth. But not only word of mouth, but by the actions of people. Amen. They were observing how their actions were. They were, you know, if you read in the book of Acts 2 and, and 41 through 47, they, they had all things common. They went from house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship and in prayer. And the Lord added to the church daily such as were being or, or should be saved. So they were just operating in the, the flow of God's gifts and giftings and the things that he put in them. You know, they didn't have, it wasn't a lot of effort. I don't believe to win the loss because they had such a powerful testimony. Amen. Have you ever been around somebody where you definitely could feel in their words or in, in their demeanor or just you could feel the presence of God all over them? And you, as soon as you walked up to them, it was like you walked up to a glowing light bulb. And you could just feel that power and that anointing on somebody. And it's an awesome feeling. We, you know, there's been testimonies of people going to airports and, and they were told you're going to meet somebody in a foreign country at an airport. And they had no idea what the person looked like or couldn't even speak their language. And uh, one story I heard, the preacher was just kind of there, just kind of looking. And, and this person just walked up to him and said, you're the preacher that's coming to preach to us, aren't you? Or something like that. And he said, how did you know? He said, just the Spirit just quickened to me that you were the one. He said, yes, I'm the one. So the Spirit of God, will, that, it works the same way with people that don't know who he is. Now, they can't explain it. They feel something, but they can't explain what it is. But when we walk up to them, they know something's different. And so we've got that, we've got that power in us that just emanates from us if we'll just use it. 
Jesus, um, Jesus, when Satan tempted Jesus to turn the stones into bread, Jesus told him, and he cited Deuteronomy 8 and 3, said that it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So we have this Bible, we have this word for, it's our tools. It's the things that we live by, and if, you know, if you're living by it and a and applying it in your life, it's not going to be hard to regurgitate it and to say it to somebody. This is why I live the way I live, because it says this, and it becomes a part of who you are, and you don't even have to think about it. Amen? There's so much more in us than we give ourselves credit for sometimes. Amen? And it's amazing sometimes when you start talking to somebody about the Lord, it'll just start flowing. It'll just start coming out of, and you're thinking, where is that coming from? That's just God saying, don't worry about what you're going to say. Just go out there. I'll give you what to say for that moment. Okay? So, number two, you are what you do. That's true. Amen. People judge us by our actions, by what they see us doing, what they hear us saying, but more by what they see us doing because you can say one thing, say you believe one thing, but over here be doing another. Here we go back to that same word, hypocrite. Amen. And people in the world who don't have the Holy Ghost can pick up on that. Little kids can pick up on that. If my wife goes into that classroom and she's just in there just punching her time clock and she don't care a whip about those kids and she's just in there to do her duty and do her due diligence and so that as soon as 2.30 gets there she can hit the road, those kids can feel that. They know that teacher either cares or doesn't care, right? Little children, my little grandchildren that I saw this last week, they knew. They know Grandpa cares when he sits down on the floor on their level and and starts playing with them. They know I'm not just there just fulfilling my obligation and doing my due diligence. They know I care. And it took wild horses to drag me away from them little kids. Because the feeling's mutual. And so that's how it is with God. And that's how it is with people. They know if we care. They judge by our actions, not by our words. We can say all the flowery things. We can say all the right apostolic Christian terminologies. And we can speak all the right words. But if if it's not sincere, if we're not real in here, if we don't really love that individual, if we have a spirit in us where I can't wait to, I'm, I'm doing my due diligence, I'm handing them a track, but I can't wait to get away from them. They feel that. Amen? But what are they supposed to feel? The love of Jesus Christ shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen? And what kind of love is that love? Because it, it's agape. It's not filio. It's not like that friend, how you doing, buddy? Nice to meet you. You're my You're my business partner kind of love. It's a love like, like that love I have for my grandchildren. It's that same love that he showed us. And while we were yet sinners, he died for us. He loved us unconditionally. So we've got to have that same love. Amen? Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now the abundance of the heart... Of the inner man, the mouth speaketh. You might say it, you might be trying to send a message on the outside, but if if there's something going on on the inside, it's going to come out. 
Your real feelings, your real intentions are going to come out. No matter what you try to portray in front of that, it's really going to come out. So he is not a man. He is not the man his mouth speaks or declares him to be, but what his heart thinks, which is discovered by the looks, the actions by which he is to be judged of and not by his words. Once again, emphasizing it's our actions. What do they say? Actions speak louder than words, right? Your actions are speaking so loud I can't hear a word you're saying. Anybody ever heard that before? That's a good one. Amen. So it's going to be our actions. Second Kings 23, verse 23 through 26 says, But in the eighteenth year of King Josiah, wherein this Passover was holden to the Lord in Jerusalem, moreover, the workers of, of, with familiar spirits and the wizards and the images and the idols and all the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah and Jerusalem did Josiah put away, that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. See, the word of the Lord had been hidden or put away somewhere, and everybody kind of forgot about it. We can't just put it away for a while and then come back to it. we got to keep, see, they wouldn't have had all these problems, all these idols and images and wizards and spirits if they'd had the word of God available and had been stick, sticking with what the word was saying. But it, the scrolls got hidden away, and this this guy, found, this priest found them, and he, he brought it back out, and it brought immediate conviction. And like unto him was there no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might. According to all the law of Moses, neither after him rose there any like him. Notwithstanding, the Lord turned not from the fierceness of his great wrath, wherewith his anger was kindled against Judah, because all of the provocations that Manasseh had provoked him with all. And in 2 Kings 15, 24, there it says, And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, and he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. So we've got to realize that this word affects our actions. Once again, it's not enough to just have a Bible. We were driving behind a guy coming back. Uh, from Kentucky, and there was a guy that had a Bible in the back deck of his window of his car, and it didn't look like it had moved from there for who knows how long. It looked like the wind and the moisture and everything had gotten to it. It was kind of, you know, rough looking back there. But I, the way the guy was driving, I don't know if he had read that book in a while. <laughs> Actions speak louder than words. You know, I almost felt like pulling up there and saying, hey, you might want to take that Bible out of your back window, you know, giving us a bad rap here. But, but amen, you know, if you, if you have a sticker on your car that says you're a Christian, then, you know, if you're going to do that, then you might want to act like one and drive like one. And when there was a story told, I don't know if it's true or not, about a guy that was 
had one of those stickers or whatever on the back of his car, and he was driving and screaming and hollering at the lady in front of him, and a cop pulled him over and arrested him, took him to jail. And he and the whole point of the story was that that he was not being who he was proclaiming to be. He was a false witness. The cop wanted to make an example. I don't know if that actually happened. But if it did happen, it would be a good reason for, if I was a police officer to say, well, if you're going to have that sticker on the back of your car, then you shouldn't be screaming and hollering at the lady in front of you. You know, so we got to be careful. Amen. This world is watching us. Amazing. It would be amazing to you to realize that how much they know about how we're supposed to live. And they don't even have a Bible. Because I've heard it said, not to me, but I've heard it said of, from people who weren't Christian to some, two people who were supposed to be Christian. Well, that's not how a Christian should act. Wow. I'm going, wow. Whoa. So people are watching us. They are watching because they want some. Really, there's a lot of people out there that want to find something that's real, that's not just false religion, that's not just some some easy feel-good religion. They want to find something because they're going from one thing to another and they're trying to find what's real that won't fall through their hands. So they're looking for what's real. That's why we got to be real every day, every day. We can't be one thing here and another thing when we go home or another thing when we drive down the road. Amen? We've got to be who he's called us to be, period, end of story. Number three, everything you do counts everything you do counts or matters how you act at the grocery store how you act at the airport how you act on the job what you say amen now the guys i worked with when i worked at permar they i didn't preach at them every day but every single one of those guys knew especially the guy i rode with there was something different about me because we would have meetings where we would have to be there on company time and they would be, you know, little jokes and things told and everybody would chuckle and I would just sit there. And I didn't make a face. I didn't smile or anything. And they knew that I wasn't in for all that stuff. They'd, when I first got there, they'd start they want to talk about their beer drinking and all that stuff. After a while, when I would be around, they wouldn't talk about it. And I wasn't prideful in that, but they knew there was something different. And even, as I said, even the guy I rode with every day all the more. And we had some discussions. He knew who I was. I specifically told him who I was. And I just, you know, you got to cast the seed out there and let God, you know, he's, he's the one that brings the increase. You know, some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. God's got to get a hold of their heart, just like he got a hold of my heart. He's got to be the one to draw them, just like he drew me. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God, Luke 9 and 62. Matthew 12, 36 and 37 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men speak shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Amen. And uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if that word, the idle there, where it says that every idle word that men speak, I'm not sure if that's just like just 
empty word, but I think that might even refer to words that we say that are not appropriate. Okay? And so we've got to measure our words. We've got to think before we speak. Amen? And um, a lot of this, this reading that I'm doing for my sales career or whatever talks about, and some of this is coming from former FBI agents that are teaching this stuff, about you can accomplish more by saying nothing and listening than you can by talking and talking and talking. And how they got guys that were from other foreign countries to come over and be spies on our side of the equation just by simply observing and letting them speak. Because if you get people talking, they'll tell you a whole lot more than they intended to tell you. And I know that. Because I've been guilty. <laughs> so, it is true. There is never a wrong time to do what is right. Amen? Never a wrong time to do what's right. I was going to an appointment down here on Rose Street. And I went into a quick trip because I was a little early to get me a drink. So I got back by the drink fountain, soda fountain, and I was getting my drink. And I got to talking to the lady back there that was redoing the coffee pot or whatever. And I just, we were just, and I had my mind focused on my appointment. And I just walked out of there with my drink. Didn't pay for it. Didn't even realize it till I got all the way over to my appointment a couple, there were several blocks away. Picking it up to take a drink out of it. And I went, I didn't pay for this. So I went into my appointment, had my appointment, came back out and drove right back to that quick trip. Walked in with my drink and set it down on the counter. She said, is this a refill? I said, no. I didn't pay for this. And her eyes got big like that. I said, yeah, I, I, you know, I was dressed in a shirt and tie. So, but I said, I said, I can't, I couldn't go through the rest of my day without coming back and paying for this. I said, I just, I apologize. I walked out. I was busy thinking about something, talking to that lady. And I just, it slipped my mind and nobody saw me. You know, and I got away with it. But did I get away with something? No. No. <laughs> Thank God that my conscience wouldn't let me go another, as far as I could go, without going back and taking care of that. And that mattered to me, and it mattered to God. And I believe that it spoke volumes to that lady behind that counter. Because she was a little taken aback, like, I can't believe somebody actually came back and paid for something. So all of our actions matter. There's no wrong time to do what's right. Everything we do counts. And that's especially true when it comes to living according to God's word. We are a walking, living testimony to this world. Amen? I might not get to preach to my brothers and sisters per se when I go home and to my mother, but there's something different about me to them, and they know that. And so my life and the life of my wife, the life we live in front of them, even in the people that we stay with when we go home, go to a church. They're not apostolic, but they, they, they walk a, a righteous walk. They don't drink. They don't smoke. They don't curse. They, they're good people. But even with them, I believe our life is a testimony to them and in ways they don't even realize, in ways that my family doesn't even realize. And that's, 
that's what's going to win my family faster than anything I say. It's the words, it's the actions, but it's also how I conduct myself when I'm with them. Amen. And so I'm trying to live away in such a way that 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 I want to I want to fulfill that scripture that says if I be he said if I be lifted up from the earth I will draw all men unto me. So if if I just spend my time going around lifting up Jesus by my actions and by my word, he's going to draw them in. He's going to they're going to notice something's different. They're going to want to know more. They're going to, there's going to be hungry people. There are hungry people because we're praying that prayer that we're praying every Sunday. So that's my prayer. God, send me in front of the hungry people. Not that I don't want to get in front of the other ones, but send me to, to be in front of and around the hungry people. And give me the words to speak. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God. And if, he, if I'll just let him be in control and let him give me what to say, and he's already di- dictating in, in my life and I'm walking according to his principles, he's going to give me what to say. Amen. And who's going to get the glory? He is. Amen. You know, Paul planted and Apollos watered, but who got the incre- who, who brought the increase? God did. Who got the glory for that soul? God did. The angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner, one soul that repents. So do we, but it, it excites God because, you know, it's in his mind, everybody, he would like, he would that all men might be saved. Amen. But he gave us a, a will and a choice. Amen. We've made our choice. We wake up every day making that choice. I wake up every day deciding I'm going to live for God today. I'm going to trust God today. I'm going to acknowledge that he's God and I'm not. And so I'm going to I'm going to pray that prayer out loud, that scripture, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Don't let me say something that I'm going to regret. Only let words come out of my mouth that are pure words, that are words that are that'll edify and lift up and encourage and not cast down. Don't let me get behind that guy that's going slow in the fast lane and start talking about him. Let me just have a heart, the, the heart of God to pray for that individual. Amen. I don't know what's going through their mind, what, what happened, what just happened in their life. They might be in that seat distraught about something and have no clue that they're even blocking traffic. You never know what people are going through. Amen. Praise God. In this game of life, there is no timeouts. Unlike children at play, we don't get to call do-overs. We don't get to cross our fingers, call a mulligan, or claim that something we did doesn't count. Fact is, adults, as adults, all of our actions matter. Everything we do counts, and that's especially true when it comes down to the Word of God and living according to our beliefs and values, the beliefs and values that God puts in His Word. You know, we operate by faith when we're living in the world. We believe, we believe that's the way we ought to live, and we're, we're trusting that that lifestyle is going to get us down the road, right? We're trusting that we've made the right decision to live that way, right? Until we find out there's another way. Until God leads us to a place where we 
begin to realize maybe that's the wrong way. You know, there's, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, right? But the way thereof is the way of death. But there is a way that seemeth right to God for us to walk. So, you know, there's such a blessing in just walking in the ways of the Lord because it, it just brings blessings. Yeah, it brings some, some things from some people, some comments, some, oh, why you got to live like that for? You know, I'm, I've been drinking all my life and it doesn't bother me at all. Okay, that's you. You know, we got to be firm in our foundation. We got to be firmly set that this is the life. I think I've said it here before. We, I got in church at about age 30. I finally made up my mind that we were going to do this. And that's what it came down to. I was, I was kind of like on the fence. I was doing this one day, and then I'm back in, on the church side of things one day, and then I was back over here one day. And I finally had to make a decision to stop walking down the middle of the fence and get off on one side or the other. And I said, either I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this, but I'm not going to do it halfway. I'm going to either do this all the way or this all the way. And I'd done this on this side for a long time. And I didn't want this anymore. So I just said, okay, no more of that. We're going to do it. Best decision I ever made. But I've had to wake up every day and decide to do it. So kind of trying to bring this to a close a little bit this morning. It says here, think about it. If it's wrong to take what isn't yours, then when is it okay to keep the change that the store clerk gives you by accident? If they give back too much. Or if they don't charge you enough at the restaurant. They forgot to charge you for your drinks or whatever. When is it okay to just conveniently not mention that? When is it okay to rob God by not paying our tithes? We can rob God by not participating in the kingdom. Amen? It can, it can be more than just about money. Amen? Amen. If it's wrong to lie, then when is it okay to fudge on our tax returns? Right? Amen. Because really, if you think about it, you're not going to get anything over on God. You are not smarter than God. Can I say that again? We are not smarter than God. Yes, He's given us wisdom. Yes, He's given us uh, the ability to to know the Word of God, and we can, you know, speak and do all those things. But even Paul said, "I don't come here with." enticing words of men's wisdom i don't come here with my education and my background i don't come here with who i am and and what i am and the position that i hold but i come here he always told the the people that he was preaching to i come here humbly before you as a servant of god as a slave i'm just the one preaching the, the gospel i basically he was saying without god i can do nothing so if this this is from god not from me so we can't fool God. All right? God is, his ways are what? Higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His plans are much greater than we could ever imagine. All we can do is do what? Submit to him. Amen? It's just amazing 
the things that God will accomplish in our life when we just get ourselves out of the way, just follow his precepts, amen, life is just going to flow, amen, and we're going to have peace, we're going to have joy, we're going to have contentment, amen, integrity is 90% is a, is not a 90% thing, not a 95% thing, either you have it or you don't, Peter Scotti said that, either you have integrity or you don't, either you Live your life with the attitude, I'm going to do right no matter what, or you don't. There is no straddling the fence on this issue. Amen. And I believe that's the point of of this whole entire lesson about walking the walk and talking the talk. Amen. You don't have to. They, they taught me in the military when I was going through a leadership class uh, several things, but one of them was that. If you have to go around telling everybody you're in charge, you're not. Right? If you have to tell everybody that you're the boss or you're in charge or you're in control or whatever, you're not. And one of the other things they said, if you're leading and no one's following, you're just out for a walk. <laughs> you're just out for a walk. Amen. Real leaders and real people that are leaders, or I don't even know why I got on that, but, and we can be leaders just as a saint of this church going to work and being around the people that we work with in the sense of being an apostolic and leading in the, in the way that we live our life. If, if our life is real, if, our, if we are sincere and real in this thing, and this is what we do, what we live, what we eat, what we breathe every day, we're not going to have to try to put on anything to anybody because it's just going to be who we are every single day. And people will see that. What's that? That's right. We won't have to tell them that we're a Christian. They'll tell us. I, I mean, I look, I want to hear that come out of somebody's mouth. There's something different about you. There's, I've been observing you, and there is something different about you. What is it? And they're trying to figure out if it's your hair color or if you changed your outfit. or what. They have no idea that it's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's why I was talking about hungry people. There's plenty, 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 plenty of hungry people that are in lifestyles where they're drinking every night and they're going home lonely and crying themselves to sleep every night and all these kind of things. But what you see on the surface is not what is really going on in their life because they're trying to put on a good show. They're trying to put on like everything's just fine, but everything's not just fine. Amen? I think about that when I'm home around my family. They they all get around me and they all put on like everything's wonderful. But I just pray, Lord, if, if everything's not wonderful, then get a hold of their heart. Amen. And the opportunity will come. I believe the opportunity will come for me to speak a word. Amen. And they'll be hungry and ready to receive it. So, amen. Is this good today? Amen. Walking the talk. Walking the walk and talking the talk and doing it all, amen, amen. What did what did uh, Jesus tell his disciples in Acts one and eight? 
Ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Geneva and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, we're not in the witness protection program. <laughs> we are not in the witness protection program. We don't have an alias. We are his witnesses. Amen. And we need to be his witnesses in everything we say and everything we do. Amen. And God will give the increase. Amen. Father, we thank you for this lesson this morning. We pray your blessing upon the remainder of this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.